Welcome, welcome to the Encourage Project. I'm Amy Fairchild, and I am so happy you're here. It always warms my soul, especially on one of those blustery autumn days like I have today here in Fayetteville, Arkansas, USA. It's one of those days where it's real um, misty and breezy, and I don't know, it it just kind of makes me think of dragons and I don't know, maybe I'm weird. (laughs) I wish I had a pet dragon. Oh my gosh, I'm so glad you're here. If you're new to the community, welcome. And if if you're coming back, welcome back. I'm so happy that you're here. You can engage with us. We love to hear from you and we love to talk in the community. And you can find us on Instagram at the underscore encourage underscore project. And as a matter of fact, I got a question recently um, from the last episode through the community. Um, In the last episode, when I talked with the two gentlemen who authored the book, Dark Cockpit, I talked about surrender in that episode, and I talked about how um, I have been on a weight loss journey my whole entire life. And um, while I had lost a bunch of weight 15 years ago, I gained a little bit with COVID, and I was just, I'm just done. I'm done with weight loss society. I'm, I'm done with diet mentality, and I'm giving myself one more opportunity to reach a weight that I think I want to be at. And if I don't get there, then that's not where I'm meant to be. And so I talked about this whole notion of surrender and someone sent me a note and said, well, Amy, basically, doesn't that just mean you're giving up? And the answer to that question is no. What surrender means is that I've, I'm no longer fighting the process. And it means that I am making a conscious decision to let it work the way it's intended. You know, if you've ever been on a diet, I guarantee you at some point you're like, well, I'm really only supposed to eat these foods, but maybe if I have just one bite of this thing, it won't be so bad. That is not surrendering to the process. And I have done that, you know, the thinking I can get away with things and pushing the envelope and all that kind of stuff probably every time, even though I've maintained this dramatic weight loss for more than 15 years. And that plays, that plays tricks on a person's mind and it's exhausting. So when I say I'm surrendering, what I'm saying is I'm embracing the process. I'm going to do exactly what the process tells me to do. And I'm working with a really great partner and a community to do this. I'm going to do whatever they tell me to do. And I'm just going to relax into it and let it do what it's supposed to do. And if I reach the goal that I intend, great. And if I don't, I'm okay with this being exactly the way I'm meant to be the rest of my life. That's what surrender is all about not white knuckling, not pushing the envelope, not trying to sneak shit by and stress yourself out, just settling in. So there you go. So hopefully that clarifies lovely community person. If you still have questions, send me another note. Let's talk about it. So we'll see what it rings. I'll keep you guys posted. So on to today's guest. You know, we've talked about here on the Encourage Project that I believe each of us is designed for a purpose and, and, and maybe several purposes in our lifetimes. I don't know. Um, and you may recall that there's a distinction between purpose and passion. In fact, I did a whole episode about it. And, and if you don't recall, then, then the cliff note version is passion is for you and purpose is for others. And we all have something we are meant to contribute to humanity. We all have something we are meant to contribute to the human experience. And whether that's art or scientific discovery or parenting, I don't know, there are infinite ways a person might contribute to the human experience. 
And one of the ways you might contribute is through service to others. And today's guest has beautifully followed that calling. Cindy Abramson is the president of Project Our Town. It's in Greenwood Village, Colorado, here in the U.S. It's a nonprofit she co-founded in 2019. And its mission is to inspire people to help others by creating communities for volunteers and opportunities for volunteers to participate in meaningful, impactful service. And her philosophy is do good, feel good. In fact, she has on this super cute sweatshirt that says that today. (laughs) Before she started this nonprofit, she was a communications consultant and she worked with businesses and nonprofit organizations, individuals. Um, She created promotional materials and marketing documents and did all kinds of things with branding and editing and content creation. In fact, the very first time I talked to her, I was so completely floored when she said she loved our website. It was like one of the best compliments we've ever gotten, (laughs) especially coming from her. Um, She has also co-written and published two books, one of which is a National Book Award winner. And she does live in Colorado. She's a third generation native with her endlessly supportive and patient husband, Rob. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome Cindy Abramson. Welcome, welcome. Hi, thanks for having me. Of course, I'm so happy you're here. And I got to see just like the ears of your little doggy before we started. Yes. <laughs> you sent your dog upstairs with your husband. So cute. Um, tell us a little bit about you before we talk about Project Our Town. Well, I... Um... Like I said, like you said, I live in beautiful Colorado. It's a beautiful day here today, so I'm sorry it's not as nice there for you. <laughs> um, I have uh, two grown children, and and my saint of a husband. And between us, we have seven grandchildren. Believe it or not, holy cow! Um, and that brings us a lot of joy. Um, I get to work from home, which I love. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I just, um, I'm in probably the, the happiest part of my life that I've been in so far in my, in my 56 years. I love that. I'm sitting here in a, in a really happy, really good place. And that feels good to say these days. Oh, I love that so much. I love that. Yeah. Tell us what exactly is Project Our Town? Um, Project Our Town is it started out as an event, um, which was a three-day weekend where um, we had opportunities all over the area um, for people to do community service, volunteer projects, um, all different kinds of projects, um, something for all ages, Out if you want to be outside, if you want to be inside, if you want to be you know, at an, at an organization, or we also had a headquarters where we, um, do, you know, all kinds of different things. Um, and our first year, we, you know, we didn't really know what to expect. It's kind of a new concept. It hadn't been, at least that I know of done before here. Um, and it ended up being a huge success. We had, um, gosh, I want to say, I'm not going to remember now, but I want to say we had over like 500 volunteers the first year. Um, And, uh, and we uh, were able to, to help over 50 nonprofit agencies in our community. Wow. And so we kind of quickly realized that it it needed to be more than just an event and made it into its own 501c3 nonprofit 
organization. So that's where the co-founder and president part comes in. Um, I actually was initially a co-executive director, um, but COVID hit and we had to do a little pivoting. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've come out the other side and we're actually coming up on our third uh, Project Our Town weekend, which is November 11th through the 14th. So two weeks from today. Wow. And um, we do things now all throughout the year, all different kinds of projects and opportunities and kind of the main the main goal, you know, other than obviously helping people is creating a culture um, where volunteering and community service is just more a natural part of life and not a kind of one-off experience. Mm-hmm. And so we try to make the experiences as positive as we can for the volunteers and make sure that they, they, they feel the impact that they've made um, and know that they made a difference and have fun. Mm-hmm. which is important too. Yes. So that's yes, kind is. of Project Our Town in, in a nutshell. Um, we, do, um, um, we do a diaper drive every year. Um, I happen to be very passionate about, about children and especially children with um, challenges of mental illness or trauma. And so we have, um, they're called facility schools here. I'm not sure if they're called that everywhere. Mm -hmm. Um, But so we've now four years in a row done a school supply drive um, Mm -hmm. for those kids. And um, uh, this year um, we were able to, we, every year, you know, I set my bar a little higher and this year (laughs) we were able to provide school supplies for a thousand kids plus. Oh my gosh. So that's like my, that's my like, that fills my jar like yeah really really full i love um, it yeah i yeah. love it i think so that's kind of, one of the things that i doing. i love it i think one of the things that i loved when you and i talked previously was and you you kind of mentioned it just now but i want to make sure that folks catch this cuz this is what's really different in my view about project our town when you and i talked before you said not everyone wants to serve in a soup kitchen not everyone could deal mm-hmm. with um, the battered women's shelter, that you really are working to create volunteer opportunities that serve a lot of people, but also create comfortable opportunities for people to learn about volunteering and grow into volunteering. Exactly. I exactly. think that's beautiful because you're right. Not everyone is comfortable mm-hmm. doing certain things, but they still want to be of service and they just don't know how. So you right. guys are providing an incredible service by saying, hey, you just come with your willingness to serve and mm-hmm. we'll work with you to plug you into a place that that needs you and also you feel good and comfortable doing your best with. I think right. that's beautiful. Thank you. I appreciate that. It's been an important part of it from the beginning. And and it's kind of, you know, we're making windows and doors yeah. um, and creating, you know, as many points of entry as possible for people so that they are comfortable. And, you know, we have things that you can do at home. Um, wow. all, you know, at home and all the way, you know, outside, inside, you know, um, at organizations, um, added, you know, like our headquarters. Mm-hmm. Um, so really there is, and, and based on, you know, what are you passionate about? You know, this year has been, a, this, you know, last year and a half has been a lot about food insecurity. Yes. And so, you know, obviously we've had tons and tons of opportunities to, to help with that, but, you know, people have different things that they're causes that they're passionate about children, mm-hmm. animals, you know, homelessness. Um, 
So, and then also if we don't have something and you have somebody comes in and says, this is something I really care about, you know, well, let's see what we can do. Let's yeah. see what we can find. And, oh, you know, it. we'll, we'll do the research and, you know, find, you know, nonprofits that are, that are doing the work and then ask them, how can we help you? How can mm -hmm. our volunteers come wow. in and help you in a way that's meaningful, not just to, you know, to come in and, you know, feel like, oh, I was here, but to actually do something that impacts the people that, that are the recipients of, um, of their agency sure. services. Yeah. It, it's interesting. Um, what a huge gift you have created. I think it's just fascinating. What, what I'd love to know is you changed careers to do this. I mean, what was it? Did some, what was the moment where you were like, you know, I'm not going to be this communications consultant anymore. I'm going to go fill this need that I see in, in my community and create this opportunity for others to do the same. How did that all start for you? Where did that come from? Um, well, I came from the nonprofit world and I um, left my job at the same time as, uh, as my partner and co-founder, Amy Becker. And, um, you know, um, I wanted to, I wanted to, we wanted to be able to say yes. Mm -hmm. I think that was, um, that was a big thing. We wanted to be able to um, not have anything in the way of doing what we thought were the right things to do and the things that would be the most helpful. Mm -hmm. You know, so we, you know, we started out, you know, with just, I think we had three rules. Um, you know, we don't do anything. Um, uh, we don't do anything political. We don't do anything religious and we don't raise money for other organizations. Mm -hmm. That being said, we do a lot, a lot for, we do all of our work. We try to do through organizations. Um, but I think when you're in a big nonprofit, there's a lot, you know, there's a lot of people, um, there, um, you know, everyone has, you know, their own agenda and what's important to them. And um, I don't know, I just, I think we wanted something fresh and pure. Mm. And to, to start something from the beginning and, and build it in a way that we could be really proud of. Mm -hmm. And um, our mission was at really our mission. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yes, I do. I, one of the things that, that I really love about what you just said, and also when you and I talked about this before today, was you're not politically focused or religious focused, which there's nothing wrong with that, but you are essentially right. agnostic to those things. And also one of the things you told me before was that you focus on the smaller, less visible organizations yes. that maybe don't get as much service um, mm -hmm. and support that they could. So you let the, the goodwills of the world do their thing. And then right. you focus on the other organizations that need support and perhaps don't get as much. Talk yes. a little bit about that. Well, you, you know, you're right. And there's, um, 
you know, some of these bigger organizations and they're great, you know, yes. like mm-hmm. we have the Denver Dumb Friends League here, for example, great organization for animals, but, you know, they have development directors and they have um, foundations that donate regularly and everybody knows about them. Um, and, and there's nothing wrong with that, but we, we try to find the smaller organizations that most people haven't heard of, um, but they're doing amazing work. Mm-hmm. Um, and with a little extra, you know, the, the little extra help that we can provide, um, makes a big difference. And yeah. then hopefully it brings them then more, um, um, you know, more PR. So people know more about them, potentially, uh, potential donors that might help mm-hmm. them grow. And then obviously, hopefully ongoing volunteers that they'll create a great experience so that the volunteers will want to come back. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, it's, we don't have anything against the big guys and, and we do when we have a lot of stuff, you know, yeah. but, um, finding some of these smaller organizations, they have some of the most amazing missions. I wish I could go through some of them mm-hmm. and what they do with you because it would, it just, it, it, it just would make your chest like feel just swollen and, and, and achy, yeah. you know? Oh yeah. I, I, I love that. Um. And I do think, like you said, there's nothing wrong with the big guys getting the money in PR that they have because they have right. complete departments of that stuff. Right. But I love that you're focusing on those that could use more of that support. Right. You know, how did you, how did you kind of overcome or what, I'll ask it a different way. What hurdles did you experience when you were first starting this, you know, um, into getting it off the ground and how did you overcome them? Because I can imagine. I just look at Northwest Arkansas where I live. And if Mm -hmm. I were to rattle off in my head, probably a dozen organizations that I know need help, I would just immediately become overwhelmed with, holy cow, what can I do to even make a change? So Mm -hmm. how did you kind of overcome or what challenges did you have? And how did you overcome those to get this thing going in the first place? Um, I think that, you know, we have to remember that every, every little bit helps. Mm-hmm. And so we always say, you know, no one can do everything, but there's, but, but everyone can do something. And so, you know, it's, it's the power of the people, you know, it's in, mm-hmm. it's in the numbers, but that doesn't mean that the small things don't make a difference because, you know, it, it, it may not seem it, but, you know, a bag of, of bean soup, um, could mean the world to somebody else at a, at a certain moment in their life, you know, when they don't have something to feed their family for mm-hmm. dinner that night. And so you, we set, you know, we have to celebrate and appreciate, you know, every victory. And, you know, for me, I feel like, gosh, I hope, I hope I say this right. I feel like we all are, um, for me, especially, I feel, I've always felt like, am I, do, am I making sure I am thankful enough for everything that I have? Like, Mm. do I really like take the time to appreciate because we are, because I'm lucky and I, and I don't know if luck is the right word, but I'm where I am for some, there's some set of circumstances, you know, um, and somebody else was born into a different set of circumstances. And so it completely changes your life, Mm -hmm. you know? And so like, I have, I have a son with who's on the the autistic spectrum. 
you know, which is part of why I have this passion for, for, for kids and um, especially kids that, you know, have a harder time than other kids. But, you know, had I not, you know, maybe married the man that I married and, and we had the education and to have the jobs, to have the funds to be able to do early intervention with him, um, his life trajectory would have been completely different. Mm -hmm. And we're all just one little, like one little trajectory click away from who knows where. And Mm -hmm. so this, these are not others. This is our community. This is, it's a us. And so I just feel, I mean, I feel like it's our responsibility to care for the people in our community. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, for many reasons, and that being one of them. And I just, I always think, you know, these people are not that different from us. Mm-hmm. Their life circumstances have taken them in it, it somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, and they all have a story and they're all human. And um, so, and you know what? It's selfish too, because it feels so good. You know, <laughs> it's so darn good. You know, it's like, it does, you know, when we did the school supply drive this, I mean, it's like, I just like my feet don't touch the ground and, mm-hmm. you know, um, and the diapers, because did you, I mean, did you know that diapers aren't covered? You, they can't, you can't use snap funds, which they used to call, um, uh, what do they used to call them? Food stamps. Mm-hmm. You can't use those for diapers. Oh, wow. So these parents get into this situation where they can't afford to buy diapers and they can't take their kids to daycare without diapers and they can't work if they can't take their kids to daycare. Right. So they're in this endless loop, a losing loop, and they end up, you know, so desperate that they have to, you know, let them dry and try to reuse them, try to wash them out, you know, and, and leave the kids longer than they should. And they just end up in these desperate places and that's not right. Yeah. You know, so to, so to, we don't just do like a diaper drive, we educate. So every day we'll put something online. Of, Did you know that, you know, yeah. and all these, you know, this information about why some people can't afford diapers and, and why these kids in these treatment facility schools, they don't ever get school supplies. Yeah. They're invisible. You know, they don't ever have like their own backpack. And so for them, this is like the best thing that's ever happened to him. Them. Mm -hmm. They, they don't even know they live in these little worlds. They don't even know there are people out there, let alone people that care about them. Mm -hmm. And it just, it kind of blows their mind. And you, you know, you never know, you make ripples. Yes. You know? Yes. So it's this education, it's doing things to help it's making ripples. It's hopefully getting people more, you know, involved in their community. And like, there's just nothing bad. There's, it's a win, 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 win for everybody. Oh, I love that. There's so many good things in what you just said. Um, I want to start with what you said about, we have to celebrate and appreciate every victory. I was writing Mm -hmm. that down as you said it, Mm -hmm. you know, I talk about celebration all the time and I know some people think I'm just trying to be rainbows and unicorns and confetti. And that is not the case. Mm -hmm. Celebration is a function of gratitude. Like you were talking about when Mm -hmm. you, when I know when I come from a place of gratitude and I, I am, it's one of the practices that I just, I 
have to do every single day is I have to spend time and reflection and gratitude because that puts me in a place to remember, like you said, any of us are just one click away from a different life. Every single one of us, we -hmm. are one tornado away, one COVID Mm -hmm. away, frankly, you know, one downturn in the stock market, one missed paycheck, one oil change away Mm-hmm. from a totally different life. And so, mm-hmm. like you said, when I ground myself in gratitude, I naturally want to celebrate and appreciate every single thing that happens because my life could be very different. Right. I also recognize, and you kind of alluded to this, you know, you and I both are kind of middle-class women with, with homes and, and, and privilege and we're the white woman thing. I get it. We are privileged. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and I can appreciate how someone who is unlike us may not necessarily be as easily able to practice gratitude or maybe mm-hmm. as easily able to celebrate. I get that. Mm-hmm. And I also would want to encourage people, just try it. Just take right. one step toward gratitude. Take one step toward celebration right. because you're right. It does create ripples, right? It creates ripples that you may never, ever see the benefit of. And that's what's extraordinary. Right. Oh, I love that. It gets me teary-eyed almost talking about it. I know. And so I want to tell you what's coming up in a few weeks. So, you know, we have this bean soup project and we're going to take it to a school um, and they have a transition program for kids with, for their, you know, their older kids with autism. So they're transitioning from, you know, high school to adulthood. And so, we're going to bring in the bean soup project so that they can pack bean soup. And a lot of it is it so they can take food home for the weekend because a lot of them don't have food, but they're going to do half of that. And then the other half, they're going to pick a place to donate it to. Oh, I love that. Right. So they get that feeling of, I did something to help somebody else. Yeah. And so we try to add that into everything that we do so that it's felt like, because that's a darn good feeling too. And you don't want to feel like, oh, you know, people are just giving to me. Yes. But empowering, like a- anyone can do yes. something for somebody else. Yes. Providing um, people that opportunity to give mm-hmm. back no matter where they come from. I think that's mm-hmm. extraordinary. And they're, they get so excited about it, you know? Yeah. Um, so like we had, you know, one project where, you know, we did the school supplies and then they made notes for, uh, they made holiday cards for another organization that was for homeless people. So the homeless people got cards from the kids in the treatment facility schools, you know? So it's like, we're just continually trying to, you know, uh, close the, close the chains, you know, and have everything circle, circle back around. And then if we're all a part of it, if -hmm. we're all on the circle somewhere, how cool would that be? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, for every need, there is someone who can fulfill it is what I hear you saying. And we just have to take that time and create awareness Mm -hmm. and go get curious about, Hey, who has a need? Okay. So who do I know? And who can I get with who can fulfill that need? Right. And then to your point, once a person's need has been met, they are better positioned to then offer to someone else. Right. Exactly. What a beautiful thing. What a beautiful thing. Um, Switching gears just a little bit, you know, you mentioned the bean soup project, which was Mm -hmm. something, if I remember correctly from our conversation came out of, uh, this COVID thing. 
Talk a little bit about exactly what that is. I love that so much because I think it's so incredibly simple that a lot of people listening Mm -hmm. might actually be able to go out and do it like this weekend, their own version of it. So tell us a little bit about the bean soup project. So we had the bean soup project um, just as one of the projects during our first two weekend of actions and people loved, people loved it. Mm -hmm. So basically we have four different kinds of beans. And then we have six These are dried kinds beans, of spices, right? dried beans, dried beans, yep. you know, you know, all the spices and, you know, the baggies and then the recipe. And then people write a little note, you know, on the back of the recipe. And then, and then COVID came and we weren't, you know, able to bring volunteers together. And, you know, I don't remember, you know, how many months in we were, but, you know, we had like, in the account. And Mm. we're like, are we going to have to like hibernate this organization? Um, You know, what are we going to do? Everyone was at home. Like it was during that time where you didn't go where anywhere or do anything. Mm. And actually, no, I do remember when it was because it was about the end of October. And then we thought, well, what if we made an at-home version of the Mm. bean soup kit? And, And it's called warm your heart bean soup. So we, you know, have the, the you know, the Rubbermaid bins yep. and um, with everything in there that you need, all the beans, all the spices, the bags, the instructions, everything that you need comes in these bins. And each bin is about, is about 25 pounds of, um, of, of bean soup. And so um, people make a donation and then we either drop it off or they come pick it up. They put it together and then we got it to the organizations that were helping the people that need needed food. And so then the holidays came and people loved it for the holidays. So they would do these, you know, they would do 75 pounds, a hundred pounds of bean soup for, um, uh, um, with their family Mm -hmm. and have a great time. And it's so tactile and you can, you can really talk and be together. And then you see all this, these packages go out. And you can really visualize each one of these packets makes eight servings of hot soup. You can make it with water only, Mm -hmm. but it still has, you know, all the nutritious, um, nutritiousness of, you know, the beans, Mm -hmm. um, you can, any vegetables you have in the house, you know, any meats, anything. Um, so people can really use it however they want. Um, Mm -hmm. and there was just something about it that, felt so right. And being able to deliver, you know, hundreds of pounds of soup to, you know, different food pantries and other organizations that serve families, you know, that were facing food insecurity. Yeah. Um, it, it, it saved me. Sure. And I, I know it's not about me, but just personally, I was, I was really low. Yeah. Um, because, you know, and I know it was a, a time when everybody was and mm-hmm. all you do is see the news and you just, there's so many people suffering and I didn't know what to do. And I, you know, and then we started doing this and it was like, okay, it's not everything, but it's something and mm-hmm. we're feeding people. Yeah. And so it, it, you know, again, it just, it's like putting, putting in my jar, putting in my jar, refilling it just enough so that I could keep going, you know, and now we're doing it with corporations. So we had a corporation come in 
they did 4,500 pounds of bean soup in one afternoon. Oh my gosh. So we were able to, to supply seven different nonprofits in our area with all the soup that they would need for close to a month. Wow. Um, from that company. That's incredible. Which is, is ReFiJet, by the way. They deserve a, a shout out. Yeah. Go ReFiJet. So, um, you know, and now we have other companies starting to do that as well. And then, so that's like, we end up going in these new directions that we didn't really think of going in before. And now we have that and here come the cold months again. And, you know, mm-hmm. um, so, you know, it kind of keeps evolving um, as we we pivot. And this leadership team, you know, my board, they're just amazing, smart, resourceful, generous people mm-hmm. and have not been willing to give up. Wow. And, I love it. you know, I, I have to admit there was a time there where I was like, I don't know what else we can do. I think, you know, gosh, could this be the end? And they were like, uh-uh, not, no, no, girly girl. Uh-uh. <laughs> don't even go there. Let's, we're going to figure it. it out. No matter what, it. we're going to figure it out. And so that's it. what we do. We just keep figuring it out. And now it. we're, you know, have this now four-day weekend coming mm-hmm. up. We have like 121 different projects. Um, and this is the scary week because, you know, we're like, okay, people sign up, sign up, sign up, sign up. Yeah. Um, because we have all these opportunities now open and ready to go. And we're all thick in the, in the details of everything. Um, but it's so exciting. Oh, I love it. I love that, that you talked about how things just evolved out of necessity. Yeah. You know, I mean, and that's, that's how nature works, but it also mm-hmm. is how we work. But mm-hmm. I, lo- I love that you came up with this idea of assembly kits, you mm-hmm. know? And so for those who aren't familiar with Rubbermaid, they're these big plastic bins with lids on them. And you put mm-hmm. all the, the stuff in one, you handed it off to a group of people and they assembled the kits and brought you the kits back and you distributed them. I yep. think that's, I think that's phenomenal. And I also think People and and I, I appreciate that you said you struggled. I mean, that's very mm-hmm. that's very vulnerable and honest, and I really appreciate that because I think oftentimes we think of folks like you who run nonprofit organizations and who develop nonprofit organizations. We think you guys obviously we think you're angels, and you never get down, you never get sad, you never get discouraged, and it's it's it's, it's, it's not fair that we think that about people like you, but we do. And so sometimes that can be like, well, gosh, she has something special. That's, that's how she's able to do that. I could never be that way. So talk a little bit about how you push through those times. I'm sure that's not the only time you felt that way over the years that you've had this. Yeah. What, how do you fill your own cup and how do you keep yourself going when it can seem very overwhelming with the need and your ability mm-hmm. to fulfill it? Yeah. Um, it does get very overwhelming at times. And um, I, I have to, I rely on the people that I do this with. Um, and, you know, it's definitely, we, we, we take turns. <laughs> You know, <laughs> that's good hopefully though. we'll never all be like you know um <laughs> you know but um covid was i mean that was tough yeah and and that was those were dark dark days yes and so i i can't you know i think that if i just force myself to do one thing 
then I can kind of get, get back there and be like, all right, you know what? Put your big girl panties back on because <laughs> there's stuff to do, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel so fortunate that I can, you know, yeah. I mean, the, you, you know, anyone who's in nonprofit knows that you don't go in for the, the glamour, the, the, you know, the money or the appreciation, you know, like yeah. don't go in it if that's what you're <laughs> looking for. Right. right. Um, right. so, you know, um, you know, I have a husband who, who is supportive of me and, and lets me do this work, which like, especially, you know, before an event like this is, is, you know, hours and hours and hours and hours and hours mm-hmm. of work to get, to get this done. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm really, really fortunate in that way too. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I admit there are yeah. low points yeah. And there are low points for other people too. And then I do it. I do the same for them. Mm-hmm. I love that. You've kind of built your group of support and you guys help each other. Yeah. And I think, you know, you kind of uh, learn how to pick people out that are like that, mm-hmm. you know, um, and um, maybe kind of attract those kind of people are attracted to being, um, being involved in an organization like this. Yeah. Um, you know, cause you know, we went from, you know, two executive directors, my other founder and I to, um, now we're completely, so I switched from being executive director to president and we're completely run by our board and nobody's getting paid mm-hmm. and we are serving our community and we're doing, you know, doing everything we can. And I, and, and I, and we will get back to that, mm-hmm. but, um, um, but it's a ride. Yeah. It's a ride. So talk a little bit about just your, I always like to know what are your personal rituals or what are your personal habits or things that, that you do daily or regularly to prepare you for that kind of work or just prepare you for the day? I mean, what are some of the things (laughs) that you do? We always talk, I talk about my morning routine because I have time and reflection. Mm -hmm. I do gratitude and I journal and I, I do these mm-hmm. things. What kinds of things do you do? I'm always curious. Um, well, I mean, this may sound a little corny, but I have this dog that's like, um, he's like my, my soul mate in a, you know, if a dog could be, you know, <laughs> that's not corny. I um, love it. <laughs> and he's with me all the time, mm-hmm. all the time. And so through all of this, he has been next to me. <laughs> Um, I wish that I could say, oh, I get up early and I go exercise, um, but I hate extra, <laughs> I hate exercise with a passion. And I actually think it's bad for your health because <laughs> I mean, I know all these people with, you know, all kinds of injuries. injuries like, yes. <laughs> you were exercising, weren't you? Like yeah, exactly. I never hurt myself sitting on the couch eating pizza. You know what I mean? <laughs> Ever. That's right. I, I've never broken a bone. Like, That's right. Never, you know? <laughs> exactly. So I probably should, should do that more. Um, <laughs> I have a mind, I have a mindset that's, it's not even so much a routine. It's a place that I try to, to make sure that I'm sitting in. I, I should be sitting in it all the time. And I, and I just, I learned it from, I learned it from my dad. And, and it is, it's all about gratitude. And every morning he would be in the shower 
and you'd hear him singing, God, it's good to be alive, you know, and he'd be like, this, the sun is out, the, the sky is blue, you know, and, you know, and he, he passed away um, about nine years ago. But even as he was, you know, dying, that's all he ever had was appreciation mm. for everything, you know, for every, you know, we weren't, you know, didn't have a lot of money. So we went like, there was this one place in the mountains. We went every year for mm-hmm. vacation. You know, we weren't that fall break family. You want to Cancun or anything, <laughs> but it would just be like the biggest deal. And we, it's like, we were the luckiest people in the world. And, um, and so I learned that from him that life is good. And he was saying that before the life is good, but mm-hmm. life, life is good. And, and you have to be happy. You have, you have to be happy. And the only way you can do that is to really focus on the things that you're grateful for, which is mm-hmm. so many things that we take for granted, Yes, you know, all the time, yes. you know, and even like during COVID, I'm like, I feel so guilty. Like I have this warm house, you know, and I have a pantry and, and some people, they don't have anything like that, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. Um, and so I try to sit, sit there a lot. I love that. And remind myself a lot. I love it. I love you know? that. I love that reminder because you're right. And, and what's interesting is I've talked to a lot of people about gratitude and practicing gratitude. And they're like, well, I don't have anything to be grateful for. And I'm like, you do, you just have a skewed perception of what it is. A lot right. of people think gratitude is about, oh, I'm grateful. Like you said, for my home. Well, Yes. But frankly, there, there are micro things that I'm grateful for. I'm grateful that I woke up today. <laughs> yeah. I am grateful. I have clean water to drink. Right. You know, I'm grateful oh, yeah. that I live in a, in a, in a town where I, I don't have to fear going outside for being bombed, right. you know, and, exactly. and we forget to your point, we do right. take those things for granted. We do. Um, and we do. And I think people get overwhelmed by the notion of gratitude because they think it has to be big and and bold. And no, no, every little thing is worthy of of gratitude. Every it's more than worthy. Mm-hmm. I mean, actually, this is kind of funny, but I was at the dentist the other day, and I'm like, you know, I'm you know, I'm 56 now, and a lot of my friends, you know, are having like they have crowns and cavities, and and I. I have like two cavities and that's it. And so I'm like telling the dentist, I'm so appreciative of my teeth, you know, like I'm so lucky that I have like good teeth. Like who it's knew true. that I would be so appreciative, but I am, yeah, you know, of everything, yeah. you know, yeah. and every time I go get a mammogram and I'm, you know, and I'm just like, God, am I, I'm like the luckiest person yes. in the world. Yes. You know? Oh, I love that so much. Yeah. You know? And then this is the one I'm working on. Here's where I'm not so good. And I have this on my computer. I can't see what it um, says. She's holding up a sticky to me. What I'm holding say? up a sticky that says perfection is the opposite of done. Oh. And that is what I'm working on right now because this is a problem for me. Yes. Especially I think when that's a, a problem lot to do. for a lot of people. Yeah. A lot of people. Yeah. And, and we've talked about this on the show before, you know, progress is better than perfection. You know, mm-hmm. persistence is better than perfection. Right. You know, per- perfection, frankly, is paralyzing. And I've got a lot it of these going on today. I'm kind of proud of myself. I know. It's kind of a key day. Yeah. <laughs> but, it, but it is, it's paralyzing. It keeps people mm-hmm. from doing anything sometimes yeah. because, oh, well, if, if I can't be perfect, why bother? Right. No. Bullshit. <laughs> Start. Do something. 
No, and it's totally true in it, and it's an issue. Um, and I've been working really hard on it. Um, cause like when I do stuff, when, you know, for my, for the website or if I'm sending something out and it's like, if, it, if it's going to have a typo in it, it's going to be the end of the world. And then I need to remind <laughs> myself like, you know, no, you know, yeah. and sometimes I, and I have a long list. You mm-hmm. talk about paralyzed. I get paralyzed. Sure. And now I know, like I call my partner, Amy, and I'm like, okay, I'm in that place. I'm paralyzed. (laughs) And she knows now how to, (laughs) you know, okay, let's break it down, you know? And then she kind of will help me to kind of prioritize another P word. Oh, another P word. Prioritize. I love it. Prioritize. (laughs) And then just keep pushing on. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And then anything's possible. Oh my God. I created a monster. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, you have. I love that so much. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, on that happy note, tell me about what's, what role celebration has played in this journey of project our town. Tell me about that. Um, I'm, I'm big on celebration Yay! and I'm big on, um, on dragging people into my celebration. <laughs> Because I feel like a lot of times we'll do something and then we're just on to the next thing. Yeah. And I'm like, whoa, wait, guys, like, do you see, like, do you see what we just did? You know? And, um, you know, um, it's, it's crazy. Like, look what we did, Yeah. you know? And I usually try to do an impact report when we do a big project and that kind of helps too for, Mm -hmm. for people to see kind of a, an overall thing and, you know, what they contributed to, you Mm -hmm. know, I contributed to this, but, but look at the impact that it made. And then I've already told everyone, you know, at the end of the week, it's four days. And on Sunday, like, don't make plans. You, you think you're going to want to go home and sleep, but you won't because you are going to (laughs) be like on such a high, like you've never been before. Mm -hmm. And we're going to go out and, and have some good food and whatever beverage you want. And we're going to just be happy because, you know, because even if we only helped one person in in the whole four days, that's reason to celebrate. Absolutely. Oh, I love that. That's reason. So the last time we did the last weekend, and then we went out afterwards and so I'm five feet tall, you know, <laughs> and, um, the, the gal that was, she, guys, she moved and I'm missing her so much, but her name is Vanessa and we were in a bar and bar restaurant and I'm trying to get her. She's probably close to six feet tall. And, <laughs> and, and, you know, she's, she's, you know, she's half tough. And so <laughs> I'm trying to get her. She's to, an Amazon. Like, like I I'm, am. <laughs> I'm get, trying to get her to do the dirty dancing run and jump. And I'm like, I got you. I got you. Come on. You know, and there's this video of me trying to get her to run at me so I can try to lift her in the air. And then, but you know, it's just this high of like, I can do anything. Like I can even do the dirty dancing thing with someone who's three times bigger than me, you know? Um, that's awesome. And, and I'm also a, a huge, huge proponent <laughs> There's no of, of laughing. And yeah. I think laughing, um, and humor, um, I don't care how bad it is, um, is probably one of the most healing things that you can do. And I think it makes or breaks, um, a happy life. I love that so much. Oh. 
that is a perfect place to wrap up this episode. Where can folks get in touch with you and where can they learn more about Project Our Town? If they want to be a part of it, you know, if they're in Colorado, USA, and they want to be a part of it, or if they just want to learn more about what you do, because perhaps they want to do something like that in their own community. How can they find you? That would be great. It would be fantastic. It would be fantastic. So um, our website's Mm projectourtown.org. My... My email is Cindy, C-I-N-D-Y at projectourtown.org. We're also on um, Instagram and Facebook. We're not, we're working on trying to be better with that. That, um, (laughs) It's it's just hard to find time, you know, for everything. (laughs) But but we are there. Um, And uh, so, you know, people can feel free to to reach out. And and if, um, if you are in Colorado, I would love, love, love. You can go to projectourtown.org and then you can just go straight to backslash registration. And um, there's a ton of stuff to pick from, you know, give yourself some time to sit down and really look through things. Um, You can filter by what causes you're passionate about, you know, um, you know, by four different days, there's stuff to do with kids, which is very rare, really Mm -hmm. hard for sometimes for people to find volunteer work. And that's when you want to teach them. Yes. is when they're young. So we make sure we have, uh, you know, a lot of opportunities that um, people can bring their kids. Love to. it. Well, Cindy, thank you so much for being here today. Oh, thank you for having me. It's been so it's, fun. Yeah, it's been, it's been really fun. It felt like it went by so quickly. <laughs> it did. Oh my gosh. Yes. Oh, thank you. So You know, this has been just, I'm still smiling. I think my dimples hurt at this point. I've been smiling so much. (laughs) You know, as you get ready to wrap up today's episode and hit stop, what action can you take today? Today, I would encourage you to choose one thing to serve another. It might be an actual formal volunteer opportunity. It might just be contributing in a really meaningful and special way. But do one thing before the end of the day today to serve another person. And then as you head into reflection, the ahas, the oh no's and the yippies, (laughs) the the ahas are what did you learn? What insights did you gain today? The oh no's are what questions do you have or what things do you want to learn more about? And then the yippies are what can you celebrate? I have two things for you to reflect on today. The first one is gratitude. How's your gratitude practice? Does it need a little tune-up? Do you need to maybe get curious about the things that you're grateful for? And then what can you celebrate? Spend some conscious time and reflection and find something to celebrate because there is something to celebrate. So that's it for this edition, friends. You can continue the conversation. You can find us on our website, theencourageproject.com. And you can find us on Instagram, like I said, at the underscore encourage project. And you can always send me an email to hello at theencourageproject.com. That's it for this edition, friends. Be safe, be well, and shine.